Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. You know, as, as you look at the book of Corinthians, there's so much that's laid out here. See, Paul begins to address the church of Corinthians because they begin to listen to false teachers and to false things. And, and what happens is they begin to stir the people against Paul. These false teachers come in and, and they begin to stir up the people against Paul when Paul has been coming to them and preaching to them and loving on them. And so these false teachers come and they begin to uh, show all these, uh, um, these weird, weird doctrine to them that the people begin to have a, 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 a standard, or let me say it like this, they begin to come against Paul. And uh, they think that Paul is nothing but dishonest. They think Paul is nothing but disqualified to preach to them. They, they think that Paul is, is difficult. They think that he, he's, uh, he, he's not worthy to be ministering to them. Now you have to understand these people were tore up, church. These people were messed up. They were lost. And Paul came and began to put things in order. Because how many know when you've been living dysfunctional for so long, sometimes you think it's right. When you've been doing wrong so long, it feels right. So he's coming to them and he's trying to tell them the things that you're doing are not right. And he comes to them with love. And he sends out some guys to go and talk to them. He, he sends out some brothers to minister to them. He, he sends the, uh, Titus to talk to them. And, and he sends another brother to go minister to them to let them know you, you, get the, you need to get some stuff right. Because how many know sometimes uh, when you hear from somebody else, it'll help you? Because sometimes you think people are picking on you when they tell you what's true. How many of you ever felt like somebody was picking on you when they told you the truth? They, they told you over and over and out of nowhere, somebody comes and tells you the very same thing. And you're like, oh my God. See, God has a way to, to, to read your mail. God has a way to put you on front street. And so here is Paul, and Paul is, is trying to get everything back in order again because people begin to change their hearts. And Paul is writing this letter in the Second Church of Corinthians, and he's laying out some stuff. He's telling them, you guys need to get back to your love with God. Get back into examining yourself and checking yourself, checking your conduct, checking your character. Because sometimes, how do you know that you can be with God and be a wrong God and sometimes your character starts getting loose? Your love for God loosen up. And so here Paul is trying to get this church to be back in its place. So he says something very powerful. He, he, he talks about a lot of stuff here. And he sends, uh, in, in chapter 12, he sends them to come in uh, to speak to them, to examine themselves, to get rid of all their excuses and all their junk. And verse chapter 13, verse 5, I need you to see this really quick. He says these words, he says, examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. He goes, test yourself. Do you not know yourselves? Mm, mm, mm. That Jesus Christ is in you. Unless indeed you are disqualified. Now I want to take a look at a couple of words here. And I want to first look at the word examine. Now, when I begin to look at the word examine, listen to the word examine, listen to what it says. It means to inspect, to scrutinize carefully. Now, not just to, you know, when you're looking for pill holes, you get in there. 
may not know what I just said. When you're looking for bugs and, or, you know, you're looking inside, you're, you're, you're scrutinizing, is it flake or is it a bug? Is it dandruff or is it a bug? Hello, somebody. See, the word examine also means it's to observe, to investigate a body, a person's body, or any part of it, especially in order, listen carefully, to evaluate for health. Mm, mm, mm. To inquire or to investigate. Another one means this. The verb for examine means this. To test the knowledge or qualification. Mm. I want to read more and more to show you this right here. To put to question in regards to the conduct or the knowledge of the fact. So in other words, if we're going to examine ourselves, we're going to have to really scrutinize ourselves, scrutinize ourselves. Stop saying, well, I'm okay. I'm fine. See, Paul was telling him, you need to examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Are you really who you say you are in God? Are you really who you say you are in the church? Are you really who you say you are? Let's examine you. Let's check you. Let's see if you have two lungs and one heart. Maybe you ain't got a heart. Hello, somebody. Maybe you ain't got kidneys. Maybe you're an alien. Hello, somebody. And I'm not talking about a border brother. Hello, somebody. I, I, I'm talking about maybe you, maybe you, you have not examined yourself. You haven't really inspected yourself, church. He says, examine yourself to whether you are in the faith. Are you really a faith walker? My message to you this morning, am I who I say I am? See, everybody can say there's something, there's someone, they've been this, they've been that. But the reality is, let's examine you, let's check, let's find out, are you who you say you are in Christ? Can you be that overcomer? Can you be that mighty man? Are you that woman of God? Are you that man of God? Or are you a sheep? Listen carefully, are you a sheep that looks outwardly like a sheep with the heart of a wolf? Woof it, baby. You need to really examine yourself. See, he's telling this to the people. Examine yourself. Because if you don't examine yourself, you're going to be put on front street. The Bible says that he'll shout it from the rooftops. Has anybody ever shouted from the rooftops? Anybody ever heard it? Hey, Ancho! Hey, Sally, don't leave yet. They shout it out and everybody looks, oh man, why do you got to say it like that? Because if you don't examine yourself, God will shout it out. How's that song go? Shout it out, shout it out. Thank you, amen. See, tonight I want you to know who we say we are. Because God wants us to examine ourselves. As to whether you are in the faith. Now, now, this is what I need you to see today. Are you in the faith? The faith represents who we stand for. Are you that leader? Are you that man of God? Are you that woman of God? Are you that believer? 
that you say you are in the faith. Because when I examine and when I'm looking, God says, and when I'm looking at it, I don't see what you've been saying. Because he even goes on, church, and he says something profound after he says, examine you. He, he says something very, 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 let me show you this. He says something very unique here. He looks and he says this next word. Very simple. He says, test yourself. Now the word test means the means by which the process or quality of anything is determined and a means trial. The trial of the quality of something. Listen to this. I love what this is. A set of questions or problems used to as a means of evaluating the ability, the skills, and the performance of one. Here's the test. You're going to go through some problems and you're going to go through some questions and you're going to go through some stuff. Because you didn't want to evaluate yourself. Because how many know some things, not everybody wants to put them, their, their business out there. But God wants your business out there. See, God wants your business in front of him so he can fix your business. So he can fix your life. So he can fix your marriage. So he can fix your situation. So he can fix your financial struggle. He wants it right there because he wants you to come and say, here I am. Here I am. Take it out of me. I'm tired of being like this. I'm tired of acting like this. I'm tired of talking like this. I'm tired of looking like this. I need your help, God. I'm examining myself before you in the faith. And what I'm seeing is not healthy. What I'm seeing is not great. What I'm seeing needs help. I need to get better. I want to be better. I want to be greater. He goes on. He says, test yourself again, church. Test yourself, God. Do you not know yourselves? How many know that we always like to take the easier test? When it comes to us, if they tell us to A, B, or C, well, which one's easier? That'll be our first question. Or you'll find it look like when you do a driving test, they give you a couple of different ones. And some are easier than the other. Or maybe, you, maybe, I don't know about you, but I, when I took a driving test, I took it seven times. I walked in there, did one, two, three, and didn't even pass it. I didn't even read it. I just took the test and failed every test. Then I took it again, and I failed them all. Then I took the seventh one. Hello, somebody. And I took that test, and I'm like, man, okay, I know the questions. That's why I already took this one. See, we, we want, we want, we, when we get, begin to test ourselves, we, we don't push ourselves a lot. We think that we're okay with certain hang-ups, hang-ups, excuse me. Certain junk and God say, no, that's not okay. That's not okay. That's not okay. I need you to examine and test yourself because you're not who you say you are. Well, you, you say you're a man of God, but right now what's coming out ain't man of God. You say you're a woman of God, but what's coming out of you ain't no woman of God. Something's coming out of you, but it ain't what you said you was. There was a, a couple months ago, there was this place that when they turned the water on, that water came out, but also ether, ether came out. 
and they would turn it on and it would, a bunch of fire was coming out with water. There was so much gas that was inside of it, they could light it on and there was fire coming out with water. It was supposed to be just water, but gas was mixed in it. Ether was mixed inside of it. Sometimes we say this is who we are, but there's a lot of stuff that's mixed inside of that. You've been a dog so long, that's all you know how to do is bark. Arr, arr, arr. You've been a clown so long, all you know how to do is, is fool around. You've been a trick so long, all you know how to do is tricks. Oh, you don't hear me though. You, you don't want, nobody wants to hear me there, but I'm going to say it. We've been doing wrong so long, it feels what? Now it's time to do right. It feels what? Wrong. I want us to get to the point when we know we're getting weird, we can fix ourselves. Come on, somebody. I want us to get to the point when you know you're getting lazy, it's time to fix yourself. When you know you're about to sidestep, you know you need to examine yourself and test yourself before you wreck yourself. Isn't it great to have somebody who is open with themselves and allow themselves to get better and helping you? I don't know about you, but I thank God for those who went before me and were truthful. And it's just like, wow, thank you for helping me. Because now I know I need to fix myself. Come on, somebody. And I think that that's where we need to come to that place where we test ourselves, church. We test ourselves. And do you not know yourselves? I know myself. That's the problem. That Jesus Christ is in you. Test yourself. Don't you know yourself that Jesus is in you? In other words, you're saying, why are you doing what you should, what you should not be doing when Jesus is inside you? I'll never forget my pastor when he told me, Edgy, he says, after a couple years in the Lord, the couple years pastor, he says, man, he goes, now you sound like a pastor. I said, well, what did I sound like before? Not knowing how much junk was there. Not knowing how much trash was there. How much I was during the temple of God. So I believe that you and I, if we're going to be better husbands, better wives, and have a better marriage, we need to examine and test ourselves. Anybody with me today? And you need to find out, man, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? And what am I doing? Is it glorifying God? Or is it glorifying myself again? They had a heavy, heavy preaching we heard this weekend. Very heavy preaching. He, he said something. He says, are they seeing more of you or more of God? And you've heard it in many years. I've heard it. I've heard it. I've said it. I've preached it. But when he was preaching, he said something. He said, are you more, is it more of you in you than God? This is where I got this message and I put this together because it began to dawn on me. How much of me is still in me? How much of you is still in you? How much of that old man, that old nature, that old woman, that old man, how much is still in you? How much have you decreased? How much have you released? How much have you released out of you? Or you, ha you have it? 
How much have you said, you know what, God, I, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm done with that. I'm done with all this. Crazy. I'm, I'm done. Or you're like, hold on, you're on reserve. Just, you know, just wait right there. Just wait right, wait right there. I'm going to need you attitude later on. Attitude. I'm going to need you when I don't like what I hear. Attitude. I'm going to need you when I don't like what they tell me. Anger. I'm going to need you when, you know, I get frustrated and I think it ain't fair. I'm just going to be like, like Jack in the Box. Running spirit, giving up spirit. I need you there. Don't go too far because I'm not going to know what to do without you. Depression, don't go too far because I don't want to seem too happy because then nobody's going to love you no more. We have all these things that we have set up in the background, but they're still reachable. And we reach for them when God is trying to better us. We reach for them when something we don't like happens. And when we reach for it, all of a sudden, the way we should be in Christ ain't what we should be. So we find ourselves being disqualified. We find ourselves falling short. That's why he says this. He says that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified. What are you using to disqualify you? What's your disqualification medicine? I can say it like that. What do you use to, when you go through something and when you're being examined, when you're being tested, what do you run to right away? What do you grab a hold of? More of self or more of Christ? Another excuse? Another mic to talk into? Well, maybe if I just talk in this one, maybe I'll sound different. Hello? Can I get a little echo? But, 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 but see, this is the thing I want you to see tonight, church. Verse six is, but I trust that you will know that we are not disqualified. I want you to know that I'll send people to talk to you, to minister to you. I've sent words, I've sent I've sent people to encourage you so you won't disqualify yourself. But when you go back into your old self, your old creature, the old you, for some reason you know how to bring him up like he's never left you before. And all of a sudden, you don't want to hear the truth. How many have ran from the truth here? When the truth came forth, it hit you so hard. You're picking on me. They're talking about me. When you're in sin, it's easy to pick on you. You know that? Because it's not picking on you. We're picking on what? Sin. They're always picking on me. No, when you're always fooling around and always messing with sin, it's easy to pick on people. You know that? Because all you got to do is say sin. and <laughs> They're talking bad about me. 
When I first got saved, when I first came to the Lord, I walked in that church and that preacher was preaching about me. And I'm like, my God, he's talking. I don't even know this guy. Why is he talking about me? I find out he was preaching on sin. It was all me. It was all me. Couldn't fight it. Couldn't hide it. Because why? It's because I was not examining myself. I wasn't testing myself. I wasn't bettering myself. Anyway, I was doing sin. I enjoyed it. And I was paying the price for it. See, I want you to know this morning, or tonight, excuse me. It's very important that you see this. There was a lot of men in the Bible that allowed themselves to get better. And they examined themselves. And they fixed themselves. And they seen themselves change. You see, David, in the book of Psalms, David, he went through some stuff. David committed adultery and murder. He committed all these crises because he had all this junk inside him. In Psalms chapter 50. Chapter 51. When you have it, say amen. Verse 7. He says these words. He says, purge me with hypocrisy. And thou shalt be clean. Wash me, and thou shalt be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bone you have broken may rejoice. He said, purge me from hypocrisy. I want to stop being a hypocrite. Stop lying to myself. Something is wrong with me. Something is messed up about me. I'm thinking crazy. I'm being crazy. I'm acting crazy. I'm not acting like the man of God I should be acting. I'm not acting like the believer. I'm not acting like the man of God. I'm not acting like the leader. I'm not acting like the king. He's a king. He's a preacher. He's a leader. He's a mother. He's a father. And he says these words, very profound church, wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. My God. He said, let me get some stuff order and order. Let me get some things right. Here he is examining himself. Here he is testing himself. He goes on, he says these words that I need you to catch with me. He says, make me hear joy and gladness, church. Because when you're going through something, you don't, you don't hear joy no more. You're not glad no more. You try to front it. You try to fake it. You try to put a smile that looks like Batman and Robin. What's his name? Joker. And you know you're faking it. Church, make me hear joy and gladness, man. Oh. Wow, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. I don't know about you, but God has broken some bones in my life. When I wanted to go a certain way, he said, no, crack, oh, crack, oh. He broke some things because why? Because I was going the wrong way, doing the wrong thing. Some of you don't even know he broke it. and you, He rescued you, some of you. Was of him breaking some bones in your life, some of you would have been gone running around crazy. But he had to break some bones in your life to get you where you're at today. He says, listen carefully, he says, 
that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. He's starting to feel the embarrassment, being embarrassed of what he's done. See, a lot of people, they're not embarrassed of what they've done. David was. Some people have no shame in the house of God. We need to learn to have fear of the Lord again. Come on, so we need to have the fear of the Lord. We need to be afraid again. Not that fear like, oh my God. No, that fear is that reverence or respect. The house is not a club. The house is, 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 is not a weird zone. Hello. Amen. Everybody with me so far? And so we need to come back and understand this. And he's laying this stuff out. Very, very, very important for us today. He says, create, look at verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Wow, church. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. He's saying this because he knows his heart. I don't know about you, but I know my heart gets weird. I'm not, you guys probably look perfect. I don't, I don't know about you, but I have a heart problem. Sometimes I can't wait to go to church. Sometimes I can't wait to even get away from church. Sometimes we have all these heart problems in us. And he's saying, created me a clean heart because my heart picked up some junk. My heart got weird. My heart hates him. I hate her. I hate everything. How many of your heart got weird? And sometimes we're having like a spiritual heart attack sometimes. You're all having this weird feeling inside. He says, creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. His spirit picked up, not only his heart, but his spirit picked up some stuff. I'm going to jump into that right now, but listen to, listen to verse 11. He says, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. He said, I picked up a weird spirit. I've gotten weird over the time. I've gotten weird in my examining myself. I've gotten weird in my test. I've gotten weird being saved. I got weird serving God. I got weird in the church. And because I got a little weird, I started acting weird. And I started talking weird. I started doing weird things. Hello. And so I want you to know, you know, God, you know, you know, something's wrong with my heart. So I need you, I need you to help me create a new spirit in me. Because you, I know you can't tell me you, can rock, you cannot walk around a bunch of sheep and pick up some hello. You cannot, you know, hang around water and not get wet. You can't hang around a bunch of dogs that have fleas and not get a couple of fleas on you. You cannot hang around sin and think you're going to walk away sinless. It's like playing in the dirt. I've never, I've never had some new shoes, some white new shoes, some new kicks. It'd be dress shoes, Nikes, whatever it is. And you're going to walk, you're going to walk on some dust. I'm dirty. You're walking on hills. I don't know if you've ever done that, but I know I have walking on hills. You don't want to get the rim. They don't want to get none dirty. But you get, you get off that thing. You're like, man, you're like, you take off your shoes. You dust your shoes. Man, how, how this dust? How did I get so much dust on me? 
I didn't, I didn't even, I wasn't even on there that long. Sometimes, church, you pick up some stuff on you and you don't even know how it got there. It's creeping up places that have no business at. Hello. Like when you go to the beach, hello, somebody. You're taking a shower and sand still coming out. Oh my God, where did that come from? Because it'll creep in places it has no business at. That's the way sin is. That's the way it is when you're hanging around the wrong stuff. It'll creep in you, get in places it has no business. And all of a sudden, uh, it affects your spirit. It affects your heart. It affects your walk. It affects who you are. And it, you ain't who you say you are no more. You ain't Richard Gonzalez no more. You're that other Richard Gonzalez. Hello. Let it seek in for those that know what I'm talking about. It's another name for Richard. Hello. Here we go. Move it along very slowly. Number 12. Verse 12. Look at verse 12. It says, he goes on this and he says, restore to me. So you have to get personal here, guys. You have to really get personal. Stop trying to fix everybody else. Fix yourself. Stop trying to, well, my brother, well, my sister, well, my wife, well, my husband, well, my boyfriend. Cállate. Look at yourself for one minute. David says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. I want to get back to who I was. I was a man on fire, a man who was happy, a man who was rejoicing, a man who was glad when he said, let's come to the house of the Lord, a man who was happy when it came time to pick up the offering, a man that was excited when it came time to preach, a man that was excited when it came to the things of God. I want to get back to that place where I'm excited to worship, where I'm excited to glorify God, where I'm excited to lift up my hands and to praise Him, creating me, restore to me the joy of my salvation mm, mm. and uphold me by your generous spirit see God is generous church when it comes down to spiritual things oh he is generous he wants the best for you he wants you to be the all that you can be he wants you to be mighty he wants you to be great he goes on, he says, verse 13, he says, Then I will teach the transgressor your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. He says, deliver me. This is verse 14 right here. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation. He's got his hands dirty. See, when you're in the world, your hands are going to get dirty. See, when I got saved, you know the hardest thing was to do? Wasn't, wasn't, God forgiving me, but it was me forgiving myself. I had bloodshed on my hands. I had all this. I had to learn to let go and let God. See, saying it is easy, but doing it is hard. I had to learn, I had to learn, church, to create, amen, this ability where I can begin to say, Lord, deliver me from the guilt of the junk that I did. Being saved for so long, amen, still had a battle with things in my life. Well, I'm challenging you tonight, church. Don't allow guilt to pull you back under. See, when you start feeling guilty again, it's because you're getting far from who you really are. Because you shouldn't feel guilty. You should be conviction. You should feel conviction. 
See, the difference between convict, conviction and guilt, let me tell you. Conviction will help, cause you to repent. Conviction will help you to get things right. Guilt will cause you to get shame, feel shameful and cause you to separate yourself. You start feeling guilty and you start feeling shameful. And the more shameful you are, the more further you get, the more further you get that you can no longer examine yourself. You can no longer test yourself. But conviction will cause you to repent. And repentance will bring you closer to him. Repentance will get you back on, on, on where you should be. Amen. And so that's why he says these words very clear, church. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed. Because when I start getting guilty and I start feeling all these words, I, I, I allow all this weirdness to pull me away. And my tongue shall sing aloud of my transgressions. Now listen carefully to this. Oh Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praises. We need to get back into giving God praises on our lips. We need to get back, come on somebody, amen, to give praises to the Lord on our lips. And that's what we need to come to that place. It says, God, I need, I need to examine myself. I believe tonight, church, that we need to examine ourselves. We need to examine ourselves. If we say who we say we are, let's examine ourselves. Let's make sure they add up. Let's make sure they add up. Let's begin to test ourselves and make sure that two and two make four. That one and one make one. Make sure they add up. Let's don't say all this weirdness and end up getting lost and feeling guilty and feeling all shameful and getting lost when God says, no, that's not what I wanted for you. I wanted you to get better. I wanted you to get some things in order. Come on. I wanted you to become that spiritual man they were called to be. See, in doing this, church, you will always want to reach others. You will always want to think about others. Think about the ones you love. Think about the ones that are out there that need you. People need you. People need you to get things in order. People need you to, to be sharp. People need you to get back where you belong. So you can reach out to them and love on them. People need you, church, to be examined and to be tested. So when you're passing the test, when you're passing the things, they can look to you. Says that's what I want to be like. I want to be like you. I want to be like that man of God, that woman of God. They've, they've, they've passed the test. They've proven themselves. See, the world has so much bad to say about Christians. They always want to talk bad about Christianity. But we can't blame them because we give them something bad to talk about. They're constantly failing. And we say, well, God will forgive us. Yeah, but you're constantly doing it in, with your family that they see the failure. And they ain't God. They can easily just shake it off like God. But then you want them to forgive you like nothing. When you've been damaging so much damage. I went back and I talked to my wife. It was a couple weeks ago, I think it was. And I was saying, I, go, I, I told her, I said, man, you know why my family sometimes didn't believe when I got saved? Because when I first got saved, I, was, I kidnapped my sister. She was going through a bad relationship. I went over there, beat up my brother-in-law. I took my, I took my sister, brought her back, brought her over here, had her come over here and her kids. I beat up my other brother-in-law. I got in so many fights with my family. And I was saved. I wasn't in the I was saved. I, I wasn't pastoring yet. Don't get me wrong. I just got saved. And I was going over there and doing all this craziness. And they would tell me, are you sure you're saved? I don't know. God, what are we talking about? 
but I was being a bad example to them. And it affected them. They didn't believe it. They didn't think I was saved. They, didn't, they ever looked at me like, I, I thought doing it my way, with God on my side, thought he was on my side, was going to rescue my family, but I damaged it more than I did good. It took years. It's been like, it's been, it's been now like almost 23 years. Now they come to me, they ask me for prayer, certain stuff. But I did so much damage, church. So much damage. We don't want to talk about that. Oh, no, not you guys. None of you guys. I don't know none of you guys. I know you never did nothing wrong. That's why you guys are so perfect. But for me, by me failing in my mission, in my, in my Christianity, affected the ones I love. So what are you affecting? What loved ones are you affecting when you blow it? What loved ones are you affecting when you actually? What loved ones don't want to hear it when you don't do right? And then you blame them when you don't want to look at yourself. When you don't want to examine yourself. When you don't want to test yourself. I want us all to stand tonight, church. See, if we as a church can get stronger, then everything becomes easy. But if the church stays sick, if the church stays stagnated, how can they become greater and mightier? How can they reach the world? See, people think it's the pastor's job to reach the world. No, my job is to reach here, to prepare you guys to reach the lost. You guys go and fish and bring the fish. God begins to prepare them but you have to be able to reach out get back and reach out but you get healthy you get back to the place of spirituality you go back and be that a great example you go back and fix some things in your life so that you can be a testimony to the lost you can create in you amen a right spirit where you can get that joy your salvation back So you won't be disqualified. So when you go and preach with them, you will not be disqualified. And when you tell them, come on, visit me, they want to visit, they want to hear it. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. Maybe you're here tonight and say, Pastor, I, you know, I blew, I blew some things. I damaged some family, some loved ones for some of the stuff that I've done. But I feel that God is giving me a second chance. He is. God is saying today, when you choose to examine yourself, will you choose to test yourself? Will you choose to cry out to me so I can cause everything to become new inside you? I can give you a new, fresh heart. If that's you tonight, so I need that. I need that. If that's you today, I want you to come. I want you to come now. Now, now, your time. 